Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Very excited to share with you a message today I shared with an audience here in Anaheim at one of our live success tours. For many of you who maybe don't know me that well or my background, I've been a student of personal growth and development and applying its principles for the past 32 years in my own life and in my own business. For the past 22 years, I built a company that coaches and trains people, small business people, predominantly in the real estate and lending business, but now in 47 different industries. And so I feel like I'm pretty qualified to share with you what I'm about to share with you today. We've helped hundreds of thousands of businesses in the last 30 years. Three million business owners in 37 countries. Coach right now, 21,000 small businesses. And so I'm going to share with you, from my experience, the cautionary tale side of business. The cautionary tale of success. And what is it that derails people? You know, nobody ever sets a goal to screw up their life. Nobody sets a goal as a younger person to be broke, to be unhealthy, to have relationships end in pain, to, you know, to struggle. So how is it that so many do? And so what I'm going to share with you today are the three biggest threats to your success. And these threats are growing precipitously by the day in our culture and in our world and they're trending and I've witnessed this for the past 22 years as we've been coaching people where we lay out a series of steps and action steps that people go yeah I agree with the philosophy I love the outcomes I see people who are succeeding with it it's very common sense and it's systemized so I just got a path to follow but what happens is constantly that road to success has more than speed bumps it's actually detours detours and the three detours are distraction isolation and drift distraction isolation and drift and that's what i want to talk to you today and it might you know it's not going to be a positive use of my time the next 25 minutes to hear this fella talking about negative things it's not it's it's avoidance of negative is the ultimate positive and that way that you're not getting detoured on the road to success, or perhaps that you find yourself, ah, oh, that's what it is, and you have an understanding and a level of understanding that helps you get back on track. So first, let me dive in to what distraction is. According to Mr. Webster, distraction is something that prevents someone from turning their attention to someone else. Something that prevents someone from turning their attention to someone else. I don't believe there's been a period of time in the history of mankind that has led to more distraction than this. Mankind has experienced tremendously more strain and more difficult times. Wars, pestilence, plagues, famines, tremendously much harsher times. But never has a human being been exposed to so much distraction. Constant. And constantly distracted, by the way, by good things. Music is a fantastic thing. Now we can listen in our cars. We have the headsets on when we run and jog. We go for a walk. Now you have music all the time to the point that you never hear yourself think. Distraction. 
Let's think about in terms of social media. Social media in itself is cool. I hear so many people bag on social media. Social media, when used properly, is a terrific tool. It's a way to communicate, interact, connect with human beings. It's a fantastic thing. Stay up on what someone's doing, be able to quickly spread information. I believe there's countries in this world that would be liberated from tyranny because of the uses of social media. It's phenomenal. However, you ever been in a room full of people that are all on the phone at the same time? You ever been in a conversation where somebody keeps breaking away from you because they're looking at the phone? We've lost our ability to concentrate and fully give ourselves to somebody else. All the talk today is about artificial intelligence, but emotional intelligence. I believe the greatest gift you can give to another human being is your full attention. Daniel Goleman, who wrote the book Emotional Intelligence, talks about this extensively. When was the last time you gave somebody your full attention? When was the last time you gave something your full attention? I will challenge you that Michelangelo would have had a hard time painting the Sistine Chapel if he had an iPhone. I believe Michelangelo might not have created the Pieta or the Statue of David if he was constantly, constantly distracted. I don't believe mastery. I don't think genius. I don't think creativity. I don't think success can happen in an environment of distraction. Now, here's the stats. According to Gloria Mark, who studies digital distraction at the University of California in Irvine, it takes an average of about 25 minutes to return to a task after an interruption. Now think about it. 25 minutes to return to a task after an interruption. If you think about it, in your typical day, how many times are you interrupted? Let me ask you this. When was the last time you went an hour without an interruption? At my office, I have little things I call power hours. I'll close the door. My assistant, Jeanette, she will make sure no one disturbs me, and everybody wants to disturb me all the time. And that's the time when I write personal notes to people who've written to me or customers I've heard of what's going on in their life and so on and so forth. So I can fully give my attention and write in a personal note to somebody. Over the years, the number of people have said, that just made my day. You can't believe how much that encouraged me. So on and so forth. Because I was able to give something my full attention. I put on many new events. We create many training programs. Every year, because I have a membership organization, I have to create new content. So all of our events are brand new every year. Do you think you can create and develop new, refreshing, informative content that inspires people if you're constantly in a state of distraction? Excuse me, excuse me. I mean, we all know oh, little kids, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. And we know that and we, we get annoyed at kids, but we don't get annoyed with the fact that we're addicted to our phones, that we're watching the news feeds, that we're watching the sports feeds, that we're watching the stock market go up and down. We're watching all the, you know, the clickbait stuff constant and then we have the other distractions you know all the entertainment vehicles and tv and radio and you know whatever else i'm hoping this podcast is never a distraction for you because i hope you listen to it on your terms according to basex research the effect of interruptions on workers productivity energy and work satisfaction costs an extra 588 billion dollars a year in the u.s it costs an estimated $588 billion a year in the U.S. alone. According to Hacker Noon, people spend over four hours a day on their mobile phones. Boys and girls, we're living in a distracted world. 
it is impossible to give somebody the gift of your full attention. I often say to people the way to really stand out in the marketplace today is to stand out with service. Well, the only way you can stand out with service is to be fully present with your customers. And so lock eyes. You know, when Beverly and I had the kids as they were young, one of the things we used to do is rather than they would come up to us and disturb us at any time or we're having a conversation with somebody and it's mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy, we would tell them, put your hand on our hand, put your hand on our leg and let us know you're there. And as soon as it's respectful, we'll break away from the conversation and give you our full attention. When the kids were really small, to let them know they had our full attention, we used to hold their cheeks with our hands. Sometimes when it was really important to them, they'd hold our cheeks. And they knew we would lock eyes and connect. I actually believe it's one of the reasons why many people have observed my kids have a lot of self-esteem because we would give our kids full attention. I believe it's very hard today to give someone your full attention. I'll give you an example, small little tip. When Beverly and I go on date night, we learn we have to take the phones away. Now, we have six kids and the grandkids and this and that, and all these things, and employees. There's always a lot going on. So I go, okay, we're going to go to dinner. We'll bring the phones in case of emergency, but we'll put both phones in her purse. Because if it's on the table, it's just too easy. And you find yourself, I caught myself doing it. And the waiter comes, and Beverly's looking at her phone. Next thing I'm looking at her phone. Next thing you know, we might as well be a couple of millennials in a coffee shop not having a conversation. It's very easily done. And so we've got to be careful. There's nothing new in this. Christopher Columbus said, by prevailing over all obstacles and distractions, one may unfailingly arrive at his chosen goal or destination. That's a man who knows something about getting to a final destination. My mentor, Brian Tracy, said, if you have a clear goal and a plan to achieve it, your focus is fixed on a set course of action. Instead of becoming sidetracked by distractions and diversions, your time is focused on a straight line from start to finish. So the key is we want to be about actions, not distractions. And so I'm not saying social media is not good. You know, check out your phone and be doing a bit, and it's okay sometimes to get the mental candy and the funny little internet sensation. Well, fine. But there are times to give your full attention. I would say in direct proportion, your closest relationships deserve your full attention. Your closest relationships, those are the people we take for granted. Your closest relationship, a simple example. If I get a phone call when I'm on the phone with Beverly, I don't care who it is or what it is, I will not say, hey, Bev, i got to go on another call. Just a basic, small principle. Constantly, constantly committed to giving my full attention. So distraction, I think we all know how big distraction is in the world today. I will say this, it is one of the threats to your success. So you have to manage it. You have to direct it. You have to be aware of it. Here's a second major threat to the road to success, and it's isolation. Isolation. By definition, it's to be set apart without connection to others. Lack of contact with people in normal daily living. You know, one of the toughest forms of punishment that any judicial system can have is to put a prisoner into solitary confinement. Being alone by ourselves with just ourselves and our own thoughts for too long and extended a period of time is ultimately very dangerous. They've shown the psychological effects of this over time. In many ways, it is a cruel and unusual punishment. Isolation is a dangerous thing. I'm going to say this in our world today, and not only is our world a distracted world, it's becoming an ever-increasing isolated world. One of the reasons for it 
is the fabulous advent of technologies where you used to have to perhaps go into an office or go into a library to get information, be around other people, synergize and connect. Now you can get that information at the tip of your fingers on your iPhone, on your pad or service or on your computer screen. You can get what you want when you want. More and more people now have an office at home. More and more people working from home. I think it's brilliant. I think it's fantastic. I think it's the future of the world. But I also know with that comes isolation. Human beings do better together. Synergy happens. Napoleon Hill, when he wrote his manifesto called Think and Grow Rich, where he studied the 500 most successful people on earth and broke it down over a 25-year period into 13 absolutely irrefutable principles for success. And that became the cornerstone of the personal growth and development movement. And in Think and Grow Rich, there's one of the principles that struck me very hard, and it's called the power of the mastermind. And Napoleon Hill would make the case as he would hold up his fingers and he'd say, one and one, when put together, make 11. Human beings do better together. For example, if you exchange goods and services, so I have a dollar and you have a dollar, I give you my dollar, you give me your dollar, we each walk away with one dollar. But if I have an idea and you have an idea and we each give our ideas, we now come away with two ideas and possibly more because your idea might make my idea better. Human beings do well together. Now, I know human beings drive us nuts as well. But in isolation, nothing's worse. Be aware of how isolated you are. Now, Henry Cloud, who is noted psychologist, and he's spoken at many of our conferences over the years, wrote a brilliant book called Boundaries. And then another one, Boundaries for Leaders. Brilliant books. And he goes, there's a difference between solitude and isolation. One is connected and one isn't. Solitude replenishes. Isolation diminishes. So let me kind of add to this a little bit. We've always talked about Buffini and Company because we, we teach a relational system, invest in relationships, connect with people. Some people have more people fuel than others. Some people have a 50-gallon tank of people fuel. Some have a five. For example, when Beverly and I first got married, being Irish, being a gregarious type of fella, it'd be 10 o'clock at night and she would be done in a group setting and I'd be just warming up Irish people we get going we get more energy from people especially this particular Irishman and I'd be ready to go all night we actually got to a point at one stage that we would take two cars to a party because Beverly would say okay great I'm done thank you thank you thank you and head home and I'd be warming up and so it's okay that if you're a person that doesn't have an infinite quantity of people fuel that you take time to replenish in isolation I personally need thinking time in order to process, in order to work through things, in order to create. Before I ever do a podcast, I do a lot of research, I do a lot of work with the team, and then I need time with the content to just think and just kind of resonate with it. So I need it too. However, solitude replenishes, but isolation diminishes. Now, a couple of stats on this in regards to health and fitness and so on. The New York Times recently reported that loneliness is twice as dangerous to your health as obesity. Social isolation damages your immune system. But as a culture, it's very rarely talked about. And somebody who's considered lonely is just considered a pitiful character. Here's the point, boys and girls. Loneliness is a very common dynamic. And by the way, I have at times felt lonely in a room full of 5,000 people. So it comes and it goes and it's, it's a dynamic. When people 
often have health challenges. They'll often say a man will die of a heart attack and the most common place to find a man of a heart attack is in a bathroom. Why? Because he retreats. He retreats and isolates himself. He doesn't want to show his weakness. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. Happens a lot. Okay? In fact, the United Kingdom just appointed a minister for loneliness to confront the growing epidemic of widespread loneliness and isolation. And this is really developed as an aging population in England. They've actually opened up call centers and so on and so forth for people to connect and engage. And again, the dynamic is this, especially for perhaps, you know, anybody. You can connect on social media and it can give you the feeling that you connected. You know, I follow all my kids on Snap, so I know what's going on on Snapchat or Instagram. And what I've had to find is like, because I saw something and they showed me something in their day, I kind of connected, I had a giggle with it. It can trick your mind into thinking you actually engage with your family that day. And I have often had days where I'm like, hey, that was great the other day. And they go, how did you know about that? And I didn't engage with the kids or have a conversation with them. Realize, hang on a second here. That was a very, very poor substitute to sitting down. Our family is crazy busy. We have all kinds of sports going on. We've got all kinds of activities going on. And we don't get a chance to do the every night sit down to dinner. We just don't. We have practices. We have games. But we fight for it. So there's a couple of times a week that it's non-negotiable. No matter what's going on, sports, life, friends, whatever, business. And there's just nothing like it. And we actually bought a circular dining room table. And it's fantastic where we sit together, we're closer together. My oldest son doesn't live with us anymore. He's married and has a family of his own. But the seven of us will sit around in a circle. And the conversations are fabulous. And the conversations are awesome. And the connection is phenomenal. And it builds that time. I feel like my kids can talk to me about anything because they're getting my full attention. And we're engaging. And I don't have answers for everything. And I'm not telling them all the time. I'm asking them questions. Well, how do you think about that? What would you do? Talk about things going on in the business. I tell you, this happened here today. What would you guys do in that circumstance? And it just is magic. And I look forward to it. And now they look forward to it. It's a great thing. In our business, we have our membership. And one of the things we do, we get our businesses to connect in small groups. Thousands and thousands of our members get together once a month in a small group. And they meet for an hour and a half or so interact, connect, and there's all kinds of magic happens in that type of situation. People support, people create, people give people ideas. They end up networking and doing business together. We recently had a member, one of her kids was at the Las Vegas concert that where all the shooting was, and her son was actually shot. And he survived, thank God, serious medical situation. But she said she received hundreds of notes from people in our community who had connected with her in the past. And she just, you know, it was just amazing to her. Just life inspiring and changing to her. And it's just great sometimes to know you're not alone. You're not the only one. And it's a powerful thing. Rick Warren used to say this. He goes, we need relationships to grow. We don't grow in isolation. We develop in the context of being with one another. Very, very powerful. So the first big principle is distraction. The second, which again can be a tech-driven thing, is isolation. And the third, and perhaps the deadliest thing that I've seen in running a coaching company and helping people is the concept of drift. And now drift, by definition, is to be carried slowly from one place to another. It's to move passively or aimlessly or involuntarily into a certain situation or condition. Here's what I'm going to share with you. 
in 22 years of training and coaching millions of people, I've never met a person who said, I am screwed up today because I tried really hard to achieve this goal. This is where I wanted to be. This is what I tried. This is what I focused on. It's never that. The deadliest threat, in my opinion, to all of success is drift. We just drift, and it's a slow, silent killer. We don't even know. We're just drifting over. You know, in the States here, they have on the side of the road what's called a rumble strip. And a rumble strip is a series of indentations in the tarmac that when you get off the road or you go out of your lane, it kind of you feel the vibrations in your car. It goes over this rumble strip. It makes this terrible noise. And it, it gets you back on, on track. It was introduced in 1952. They say the guy that invented rumble strips has saved more people from dying than almost any medical innovation in the world. Because drift is so common, especially on these longer drives. Now, nobody says, I'm going to go on this road and I'm going to put myself in a ditch and go through the windshield. No one ever says that. No one ever has that goal. How does it happen? We get preoccupied. We get tired. We lose concentration. It's hard. It's difficult, a long trip, just like life. And so when we veer off, we end up hitting the rumble strip, and it wakes us up to let us know we're in danger. Do you have that in your life? Spiritually, do you have a rumble strip when you're spiritually adrift? In your family and relationships, when you drift into patterns of behavior and communication that are divisive, denigrating, and difficult, do you have a rumble strip that gets you back on track? You have truth tellers in your life. Do you have a rumble strip when it comes to your business? I know this. Our coaches have helped so many people not crash their car, the business car, if you will, not crash their business, not end up in a business ditch because the person's drifting and drifting and drifting. They were doing great. They were doing their activities. They were generating leads. They were doing a great job of serving their customers. They were making money, being successful. And then just bit by bit, they get busy or they get distracted or they've had a change in life or they had a move. They had a life event that a parent moved back in with them. They had a child move out to college. They had whatever go on. Maybe they got a bad diagnosis. Stuff happens. Life happens. And they start to veer off. And next thing you know, they're not doing the things that made them successful. And there's the coach. Hey, get back on track. Get back on track. George Bernard Shaw, the great Irish writer, said this. To be in hell is to drift. To be in heaven is to steer. Think about that. Oh, those Irish, they're brilliant, aren't they? God, where would the world be without us? I don't know. Anyhow, we want to be in heaven. We don't want to be in hell. We want to steer. We don't want to drift. And so we want to make sure we have rumble strips in a number of areas of our lives. A book I read a number of years ago that really influenced me was written by a nurse. Her name is Bronnie Ware, and she was a hospice nurse in Australia. And I don't know if you've ever had exposure to this, but when you meet people who help people die with dignity, there is a special grace and mercy and giftedness upon these people. And it is amazing that some of these people are just born to do this, something that would be very, very harrowing for most of us to deal with they're just gifted and she's one of these gifted women and she was a person who was with people in the last stages of their life for years and years and years and years and years 
And she finally wrote a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying because she heard these things over and over and over again. And ultimately, when a person dies with a regret, it's usually something they drifted into. It wasn't a conscious decision. So here's the five regrets of the dying. Let's listen to these and see if they can help us all. Number one, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Doesn't that sound like drift? I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life others expected of me. Second, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Man, I hope that's not my regret. I love my work and I've always tried to maintain an imbalance. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings more. I wish I had the courage to express my feelings more. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my family and friends. And number five was, I wish I had let myself be happier. Do we ever drift into unhappiness? You know, and again, this is a little controversial statement. I'm not actually trying to be controversial. But you know, to me, there's a big difference between being depressed and depression. And I think everybody feels depressed at some point in time. It's just easy sometimes for other people, and even for ourselves, to classify it and take it to its nth degree. I think everybody gets down. Now, there are clinical depressions, there are chemical depressions, there are absolutely, depression is a legitimate thing that is very, very serious issue. Anybody out there dealing with this, I, I don't want to depress you with my thoughts on depression. But I know this, depression medications are by and large the number one medication dispensed in America today. And I would just say sometimes what happens is maybe we drifted over there. Maybe we drifted. And maybe, you know, it's like, okay, so you might end up taking a pill to help you deal with the consequences or symptoms of depression. And that's still fine. But I don't think a pill is going to make you feel happy. They can make the effects of depression less upon you, but they can't make you feel happy. So what is it that's going to make you feel happy? And I think to drift is to be in hell and to steer is to be in heaven. And that's why I always encourage people to set goals. That's why I always encourage people to be putting the good stuff into your head. On occasion, put nothing into your head and give yourself a little opportunity to replenish, as Henry Cloud said. Use the solitude that replenishes. I do listen to music a lot. I listen to music that peps me up, fires me up, encourages me, or puts me in a state where I'm reflective in a very, very good way. And so what are all the tools of aid? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What can you do? But there's nothing like a man or woman on purpose. A man or woman on a mission. You ever hear that phrase? He's a man on a mission. She's a woman on a mission. Nothing like it. Well, what's your mission? What's your purpose? The French call it the raison d'etre, your reason to exist. What's your purpose? I don't believe my purpose is about myself. I think it's about others. And I work on myself and I try to replenish myself and I try to take care of myself so there's more of me for others. And by the way, there's more of me for others. There's more of me for myself too. Powerful stuff. So as you listen to this today, distraction, isolation, and drift. It's not about being perfect. Here's what great success looks like. Could you grab back an extra half hour in your day where you're not distracted? Could you do one activity in a day where you're less isolated and more connected? Could you perhaps do one activity a day, whether it's reading your goals, whether it's tracking your results, whether it's 
reading or listening or watching something that can help you achieve your goals, your purpose? Could it be a class you take, a podcast you listen to, a coaching session you engage in, a training program you participate in? Could it be a live event you go to? You know, as much as we use all kinds of sophisticated methodologies at Buffini Company, we have a huge listenership to the podcast. We have a training arm to our business with a TV studio and a fantastic crew. One of the things we do on a regular basis is we put on dozens and dozens of events each year. Why? Because it answers all three of these things. We get people out of isolation to come to a ballroom and be together. They feel the energy of one another. They feed off one another. They fire up one another. They're not distracted because they're locked into the content. We make it as inspirational, educational, and motivational as possible. And it helps them realize, oh, hang on a second here. Here's the rumble strip. And so it gets them away from the drift. So one of the best things I encourage you to do is get to an event, ours or others. If you want to come to one of our events, go to buffiniancompany.com and check out if we're coming to a city near you. Or get on an airplane and come to a city near us. Have a great time. I'm here in Anaheim. There's people from all over North America. I met a bunch of Canadians who came down and a lot of snowbirds that came down out of the cold weather to come here. And they said, you know, they came, they were going to go to Disneyland, but they found out that the Anaheim Hyatt was the happiest place on earth for two days. And then they get to go and hang out with the big mouse. So come to one of our events. I think it'll help you with your distraction, isolation, and drift. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope it's been a benefit to you. I hope we gave you the positive side of this, though you can take on these threats to your success. And please, if you have feedback for us or you have content you want me to delve into more, please leave a review. I've just spent some time here reviewing the reviews, and they're fantastic, and I really appreciate you guys. And uh, one of them in particular just stood out to me today, and his handle is Putty78. Now, Putty is very close to me because as a painter growing up in Ireland, we use putty to fill all the windows. But putty78, he said, I'm so grateful to discover this podcast. I'm not in business for myself. I'm a truck driver. But what he brings to the table is awesome. I can put all the ideas and principles into practice. Keep up the good work. Make the podcast longer so I can listen to you all day. Now, this is a shorter podcast, putty78. But I know this. As you're driving in your truck all day long, know this. You're not alone. We're there for you. You need to know that we're going to be thinking about you and all the other folks that listen to this show on how we can make your day by providing mindset, motivation, and methodologies that will help you to live the good life. So as I finish here today, I'm going to leave you with a little Irish blessing that my highly focused, non-drifted, community-focused grandfather used to say. May the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. You see, he's got you too. Take care.